It's a late one. We're getting there. Let me get my bells ready. Got to get the bells ready for the AI algorithm. The Matrix. Neo. Blue pill. Red pill. Who knows? Maybe one day I won't even need to present this. I can just put it into chat GPT. I'll get an avatar. The whole show will be done. Now that would be fun. Okay, 15 seconds. Viewers at the ready. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. We've got a late special, so you can crack open a beer. And don't worry, this is definitely not generated by all the AI algorithms yet. You've got to deal with me until then. And on that note, I've got an awesome guest that I actually met the other day in an exhibition and the exhibition was loosely focused around AI. And I was like, I think I recognize you. And I've actually seen this chap on YouTube. And on that note, I've got the awesome Amir Nouri, who's an architectural designer in London. How are you, sir? Hello. Thank you very much. You got your virtual round of applause there. Just imagine you're in the room. No computers yet, but Amir, I've seen your YouTube channel before, but, but, but maybe people haven't, okay? And for those people that haven't, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, first of all, I've been a big fan of your podcast, podcast and your guests that you bring on. I think they are amazing people that are, they are doing so many cool things. So I'm really excited to be here in the first place. And yeah, thanks for inviting me to be part of your broader list of guests oh don't um, you you haven't survived the podcast yet you might be fed up with me by the end of the hour <laughs> in terms of youtube yeah so in youtube i talk about the intersection of architecture and technology and sometimes entrepreneurship because one of the kind of struggles that i had as an architecture student when i was studying in westminster university was that we were doing so many cool projects and doing very interesting studies in different subjects. And I, I spent like half a term studying how pineapples grew. And that was so cool. I learned everything about pineapples. And it was interesting that I was studying architecture. and I got to really dive into really specific subjects that are not necessarily in architecture in any sense. But it developed my problem solving mm. skills. And I was like, man, like architecture might not only result in architecture, education might not result in building buildings, but it can also be that people from architecture do all sorts of things because they are good at problem solving. Yeah. So the idea for me was that entrepreneurship and trying to do very inspiring things that matter for society yeah is something that yeah excites me a lot so in my youtube channel i'll try to talk about these sort of feelings that i have these works that i do aside from designing buildings and also because i'm very interested in technology i talk about how technology could change the way we practice architecture as well as how we can use technology to make us more creative, make us more efficient and all that stuff. 
Nice. I uh, I enjoy it. I particularly enjoy the images. I just I just double check. Thank goodness that I have actually subscribed. Oh, you subscribed? Be, that yeah. would be very embarrassing if I didn't. But bizarrely, <laughs> you caught my attention with the video. We talked about it just before we went live with how can architects make money in the metaverse. And a few months ago, Amir, I was doing a lot of content about the metaverse, and I worry that if I did, if I talk about it too much. I'm going to get people who unsubscribe to it, but it was a really good video. Now at the moment, and it might be a nice segue to talk about what we were focusing on a bit today. There seems to be a hot discussion in architecture, but also in the wider culture of artificial intelligence. Now what's I've been in the marketing space before and haven't built a website and all this stuff. I was using Jarvis, which is based on chat GPT the programming language underneath it last year, but it all kicked off in November and everyone started freaking out that we're generating text. You can, you can write replies to emails, all this stuff. You can use these subscriptions, use this text in copyright, which could potentially replace people's jobs. And now we're starting to talk about it in architecture. So on that point, the role of AI in architecture and design. I would be very keen on your perspective on that. Have you got any thoughts so far on what you think the role of AI is going to be in architecture and design? Yeah, sure. I think when we talk about AI, basically are talking about a broader term that also encapsulates AI text to image and generative AI. But I think as architects, we've been using AI for the last maybe 10 years, for the last yeah. decade in a variety of ways, mostly maybe in analysis and post-occupancy analysis, energy analysis, and all that stuff. So AI has been a great help in the construction industry as well as architecture for a long time. Yeah. The only thing that has changed during the last six to eight months is that we have now access to very powerful tools which are built on machine learning and generative AI, and yeah. they are capable of creating images based on prompts or descriptions that we as designers or as users give them. So that has opened a whole new conversation about how we approach design because previously we used to do design very differently. We used to first, like in maybe 50 years ago, we didn't have any computers. We used manual methods of design and then computers yeah. came and then we used computers and CAD and then Revit came and BIM was introduced. And so it has been a lot of changes in the ways that we approach design since the last 50 years even. Yeah. So I think AI is part of this kind of time frame of timeline of how we're going to, how technology is influencing how we design. So from the last six months, when generative, when text to image AI started to be a thing and websites like Midjourney and Dali and tools like Stable Diffusion were introduced, yeah. a lot of artists and designers and enthusiasts started to use them to create ideas that were in their head and they tried to communicate it via 
words with the algorithm and try to visualize it with AI. So yeah. AI has been a very powerful visualization tool as well as a creative tool. So it's very different to tools such as NScape or V-Ray, which are only for visualization, but they are capable of implementing creativity in their workflow and process as well. So that has changed the game completely. And if you look at images that were produced uh, using Midjourney six months ago, they are completely different to what we see today. Yes. So going from abstract images, maybe if you scroll down, I might have some early on. Oh, wow. There's loads here. Beautiful eye candy. I'll put up your, your website now if anyone wants to check it out while we browse through. Okay, so I'm going on the bottom, are they? Because this is probably yeah, the AI um, language from before. Okay. Maybe. So I don't have any old one, but if yeah. you can see the one in the top left, the second one in the middle, like the staircase, even that one. So these are more abstract or even like before. So these were version three of Midjourney, but there yeah. was a version two as well, which was much more abstract. And... But it was still cool. Like we were, we were playing with it, and we were very surprised with the outcomes that it was giving us. And we were thinking that, oh my god, this is the end of architecture. But obviously, we were too excited, and I'll tell you why. But the point is that it has surprised us in a way that has developed throughout this last six months in a way that now you can almost get very powerful renders or render-like images, like the ones that you're seeing which look like that they have been generated with com with great, powerful computer engines yeah. and processors, which they aren't. They are, they are, I mean, they are, but like uh, the users don't have that GPU at home. So it's, they're using mid-journeys, GPUs and kind of backend system. So it has, it has been a great progress in how these tools work and visualize yeah. things. And also, they are still under development. And every few months, there are new features coming out and still surprise us with, with the stuff that they bring on. For example, Midjourney added a new tool, which is called Blend, which you can almost blend different styles or different colors or like images together and create new sort of images that are the result of blending those two or two to five images and there are so many other features that are specific to each platform so i don't yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna be very specific about that but for whoever whoever is interested i'm teaching all of this in my workshop so you can join the workshop to learn all of that but the conversation is that basically we have found this new powerful tool which we could essentially make our design process much more creative and much more efficient. Things that you used to do within weeks, now you can do it in few hours or few days. And it's, there, there's a, a level of creativity also added to this process that can also help you, but also not help you as well like it depends how you use it so it has pros and cons has constraints and uh potentials very specific 
to how you use the program, you can use the creativity to boost your design, but you can also be very limited if you don't know how to use the algorithm because algorithm is very creative and can yeah. mislead you if you don't know how to use it. So the key is that as designers, we don't just remain enthusiasts in relation to AI and we actually dive deep into it and learn how to take control over the algorithm. Because when you take control over the algorithm, you can steer the design. Otherwise, the design will be steered by the algorithm and you don't want that. You still want to be the designer. You still want to direct the design. So that's the key thing. And that's what I try to teach in my workshops. Very cool. Now, years ago, showing my age again, I would speak to architecture practices who were adopting BIM at the time. And there was this resistance in there sometimes to go along with the tag. Maybe it's a fad. And you'd have different people, like some people embracing it. Now, in essence, most architecture practices, apart from maybe certain high-end residential or people doing a lot of refurbishments, most architecture companies are using Revit. And my question to you that I wanted to ponder on is how do architects adapt in this new age of artificial intelligence? Maybe if anyone's resistant, what would you say to them? It's like baby steps to go into it. One quick one I will add that even in my business, I find chat GPT particularly amazing. But just getting the four out of my head really quickly because I'm not, even though I'm a chat box like here, I'm not the best at writing stuff. And I find if I put a few keywords in, it just fills in what I want. But you're right, it takes direction. It's not really writing something for me. I'm not doing a book. I'm just getting an idea out there. In your opinion, what have you seen that could be a good way for architects to adapt this game? I think, yeah, that's a really good point. I would say, first of all, AI is going to be a tool and is a tool. It's not going to be a designer. It's not yeah. going to replace you as a designer because at the end of the day, AI by itself cannot do anything and you have to guide it and you have to direct it. So there has been... Obviously, like we are still very new to AI and so many people have not even heard of AI. You might be surprised in, in terms of te text-to-image AI and what websites like Midjourney produce. So a lot of people are still alien with the idea of text-to-image and they're not really sure how they work. So they, because AI is a kind of very slightly ambiguous word, isn't it? It's like... yeah. You're not sure if you're not a tech savvy person, you might not really know what AI does and what AI really is. So yeah. for a lot of people, I understand that AI generally might be the term itself might be quite scary. And um, I don't see a lot of resist resistance to to AI. I see a lot of uncertainty that people are not sure that what is this tool doing and how is it yeah. A lot of my friends who see my work, they think that I have modeled very complex models that's kind of were rendered in certain ways to produce the designs that I have produced. Whereas if you start to use AI, you start to understand how you know it, it works. It actually works 
with descriptions and it works with words that you give to the plan to the algorithm and the keywords are very important so the kind of your tool set as a designer is your vocabulary and mm. how you can put them together in sentences to give you the best results that you're looking for so your tool set is completely different to computer tools i don't know photoshop or any modeling or any 3d modeling software so you work with your vocabulary and you work with the kind of imagination that you have and you you have to engineer your prompt so that you can get the best out of the algorithm yeah. so for sure it's a different approach to design and approach to how we normally design concepts. But for people to get their hands dirty with AI, I would really recommend start using platforms like Midjourney to only produce very simple stuff, only to understand how they work. And once you understood yeah. how they work, it gets much easier. And I guess I want to say something I forgot. <laughs> Don't worry, it's <laughs> seven o'clock. We're all chilled out here. It's all good. I've got a little, but that thought will come back in a second. And when it does, just interrupt me and go, ah. But until then, the only bit I'd like to add on, and it's very interesting before we move on, is you touched upon mid-journey. You've touched upon a few different ways of AI. The only other thing that drives me crazy at the moment is I do think that ethically gray area where some companies go, oh, we got AI. And I'm like, dude, this is not AI. So I do think there is exam, you know, some software out there was said they're AI, they're not really AI. I think a few good examples before you move on, like mid-journey tends to be the architect's choice in terms of chat to images. Chat and chat GPT is a popular one in terms of generating text. But uh, maybe there's one or two others that I haven't heard of as well. I'm beginning to hear there's some AI in like the BIM space and generative mm, design yeah. space. Is that correct? Yeah, I think uh, there, there is an integration of AI so tools in Revit as well now. So they are implementing wow. it in different softwares like Grasshopper, Revit, but it's still early days. But I think the prospects and the future for this is very interesting because once you can integrate this amazing piece of technology with a powerful, another powerful tool like Revit, you can do so much with it. At the moment, it's just scratching the surface. It's just what it's, what it's doing. It's basically taking renders from a rabbit, like very raw renders of like black and white bulk of model and turn it into realistic sort of renders with some creativity implemented into it as well. So it's like scratching the surface, but I think we, we will hear about very ex more exciting tools that are in going to be integrated in these softwares that we currently use. So AI is going to be part of the workflow anyway, because it's going yeah. to be, even now Photoshop has AI tools, but just we mm -hmm. don't call it like AI, like text shops, content aware feel is an AI tool. Yes. If you have worked with that. So that's like a powerful thing. And so many sort of small features will be probably added to a lot of programs that we use. And they will help a lot in different ways. So we will definitely hear a lot about the more of these features and more of these tools that will come as individually, individually marketed products, but also integrated features in the softwares that we currently use in our workflow as well. Yeah, very fair said. 
Uh, listen, I've got a few more questions here, which actually you wrote them. So spoiler <laughs> alert. That, that we were brainstorming, but Amir's the expert in this area. If anyone's got any questions now, though, feel free to jump in. I'll check the comments before we go. Oh, Matt actually puts a really good suggestion, which says, Veras created by Evolve Lab is a great tool utilizing AI. Haven't had a chance to test it, but they shared some great videos. Thanks, Matt. That's a really cool suggestion. Is that one you've heard of before, Amir? Or no, just searching you, it now. We're all learning. It it, the space moves really learning. fast, isn't it? And while we have a look at that, I will bring it up on the screen in a second, Joe Rogan style. But maybe I mean, you can fill in the gaps while we were, while I bring that up. Because the next question I had was the limitations and potentials of using AI in design. So to kind of set the scene on that, I got the mid journey bug exactly like what, what happened a few we a few months ago. Mid journey came out. Hamza was using it. I was like, what is this crazy thing I'm seeing on Instagram? Then I suddenly fancied playing around with it and all this stuff. But there wasn't really a point or a purpose to what I was doing. I was just, I don't know, flirting with the technology per se. In terms of architecture, I don't see someone's whole degree in diploma being replaced with mid-journey. That being said, though, are there case examples where it could be really good? Maybe like a mood board or maybe to get a feel of work. What's your opinions on the limitations, but also the potential scope for using AI in design? Yeah, I think a lot of people think that AI is only capable of producing very wacky, futuristic type of images like parametric style and very, very unbuildable stuff. And I have to say that AI can do a lot of things and it's up to you as a designer that how you guide it and how you direct it to get the best possible outcome from it. So I've been working on live projects in real life, which are a design with AI. And these are things that we previously did in, used to do in, in, in 3D modeling or the kind of other ways that we design and visualize things, but now we are doing it in another way with AI. And that's, that has been really powerful to see. And I've been really surprised by how helpful they can be. So a lot of people still think that AI can only be a tool just to play and just to have fun with. But I have to say, based on experience of working with AI seriously for the past six months, AI can be a serious game changer in business and your day-to-day -day design workflow in practice. Mm -hmm. So if you cannot produce what you want from AI, it doesn't mean that AI is not capable of producing it. It's just, it just means that you're not, you haven't learned to take control over the algorithm in a way that you can get what you want from it. So you have to educate yourself and you have to, it's like a skill. So you can't learn Revit overnight. You have to work with it and learn it throughout weeks and months. AI is the same thing. You have to play with it. It's not like a one night thing that you play and learn completely. So you have to really understand how it works, understand how it reacts to certain keywords, 
understand how certain keywords next to each other produce what and what are the parameters that you can change. So there are loads of different tools that you can play with AI, text to image and different platforms to be able to take control over your outcome. So in terms of limitations and potentials, there is a lot of potential, as I said. In terms of limitations, let me talk about the potentials. One of the potentials that I see with AI and something that I have been working on for the past few months is that in the stages of zero to three, which is like design, feasibility study, and like conceptual stage, AI can be a game changer absolutely in the way that you design and also in the time frame that you design because it can be make your process much more efficient in terms of time and you can present stuff in a client meeting and alter it in the same at the same time while you're sitting with your clients as they talk about what they want to see next in design so you can alter this facade in two minutes and show them the result and you can talk about how this new extension could possibly change in certain way in a very short amount of time. And that's really valuable. So it makes the processes much more efficient in terms of time as well. So in terms of feasibility study, in terms of conceptual work, it's a really great tool to sketch as a, as a sketch, sketching tool. It's really great. In terms of limitations, I see a lot of people trying to outsource their creativity to AI. As you said, like you're using AI to get ideas, right? You're not completely giving AI full control over your what you're trying to write or what you're trying mm. to create. A lot of people, I, I saw that they try to outsource their creativity. They try to give the AI almost 100% room and power to design for them the project, which is not what we want. We want to be able to be the designer still, mm. save our seats and direct AI. You have to uh, treat AI as a tool and not, not a, a, a kind of creative person that can think for you. AI cannot think for you. AI can be directed by you, but it can help you to think better and become more creative. I would say the limitation is that you cannot outsource your creativity. You, you yeah. cannot outsource your design. You cannot outsource mm. your brain to AI. You can only direct it. Yeah, said. While uh, and listen, I, I agree. It makes me laugh when people go, "AI, build me a house." Oh my goodness, that's not gonna. It's not gonna be that simple, isn't it? So fully agree with your point there, Matt. Remember, oh, I'm gonna bring up Matt's other question up in a second. But Matt talked about. This Vera software. So I've actually found it. Looks cool. Now here's the video. It's got features. So what I'm deducing from that, although I'm not the most savvy right now, and it is late and it's seven o'clock, but this is basically like a model, and then the A it's an AI text prompt-based rendering, which actually seems really quite cool because when I was a part one, the amount of hours I spent just photoshopping in trees just wasting my life away because it was important to the image. At the same time though, if I was not Photoshopping all those trees in, I could probably be doing something else, right? Which is, I think the strongest argument for AI at the moment is to give the most mundane, boring, mind-blowingly, like frustrating, rudimentary 
useless tasks to AI, then you can do other stuff. So here it is. There's the suggestion. Exactly. I think it's this is what I also talked about in Revit. So the Revit integration with AI, I think it's integration with stable diffusion is the same thing. So you get the model, but AI renders it as you want. So you describe how you want this to be rendered, like in terms of materiality and what you want to see in the image. And it does it for you with like variations and alterations and everything. Very cool. And just a disclaimer, this show is not sponsored. So I don't know. I've never heard of all lab <laughs> until now. That being said, Autodesk, if you do want to drop me a message, I will gladly talk about all the stuff you've done. I'm definitely can be bought out. So if anyone's got a few pounds they want to talk about, do let me know. But we're not there yet. So this is the real deal talking. Cool. What I was going to say, Matt has a good question. Matt's doing all the work for us at the moment. Me and nice, you can Matt. just sit back and relax. Yeah. Matt says, where you mentioned designing with AI. What other AI tools have you used other than Midjourney for architecture? Are there any specific that you've worked on, Amira, that you use? Yeah, I think moment? Dolly is a good tool in uh, outpainting. So Dolly outpainting feature allows you to imagine the rest of the image outside the canvas. Sometimes it's oh. really handy. Sometimes you can fix things with Dolly outpainting. Uh, you can fix your proportions or like the way you frame the image. That's really handy. ChatGPT is very handy. People think oh, wow. that ChatGPT is only for boring people who want to use like text-based AI. But I have to say it's very powerful in terms of giving you ideas in terms of if you're designing for a brief, it can give you really inspiring ideas in terms of how you can boost the brief and make it much more exciting. Suggest what kind of elements you can use in your design based on the style that you're creating the space. If you're designing a very kind of minimalist style space chat gpt can give you all sort of ideas of which which designers you could look for furniture for example to source your furniture and use their product in your minimalistic space in terms of interiors yeah. or what sort of colors would go well together or things like this another great ai tool that i use for organizing my projects and my workflow is Notion. And Notion has oh. now integrated AI within it. So you can, if you apply for Notion AI, because Notion itself doesn't have AI, so you have to register for Notion AI to receive the AI in Notion as well. So if you get Notion AI, it makes your life 10 times easier in terms of the stuff that you write, in terms of the stuff that you, because Matt mentioned about designing architecture, but behind the scenes of designing architecture, there's a whole lot of organization and project mm -hmm. workflow in terms of documenting stuff. So in, in the back end side of designing architecture, a notion can be a great tool and a huge time server for you to organize your workflow and projects. So these are my wow. favorites. I tell you what, I'll have to check out Notion. There's one, I'll throw one in the mix as well, which is really cool, mm. that I discovered by Fluke, which is pragma.ai. So I'll chuck 
I'll bring up that now. And that one has a little bit of overlap. There's a little bit of overlap. I'll bring it up just so people can have a look at. But so I do a lot of like copying and paste and templates and stuff. It's part of my job. There's like, there's, I like to customize certain bits. But like architects, we write in emails all the time, all this stuff, right? So this thing, you can use snippets. And so whether you're on LinkedIn or whatever, you can whack in a snippet and it's amazing. Oh, wow. And you can link it with your OneDrive and all this stuff. And I really like it. I've spoken to the developers, really cool stuff. So this is not a sponsor again, but it's like what I'm using at the moment. So check out Pragma. It's really cool. I like it. I think it's a great tool because it transcends an ecosystem. And I agree with you. I think Notion's amazing. Like this little thing here is my little, all my snippets and all this stuff there. So there you go. I've revealed one as well. The cat's <laughs> out. So I've thrown one in the mix. And you're right though, because architecture, it's not just all the drawings and the glamorous renders. It's Excel documents, isn't it? It's all this stuff that we do, which I think is really important. There's another website called futurepedia.com, I think. Futurepedia.io. Futurepedia, like Wikipedia. So this is like futurepedia. Oh, got it. Io. Forgive me. Um, okay. So Futurepedia, oh, okay. you can look up for so many different AI tools that come into the market every single day. Oh. So you can explore which ones go well with your workflow and things that you yeah. want to enhance oh, cool. in terms of efficiency. So I'll look at that as well. Yeah. Nice. I bet you though, and this is between me and you and the audience, it's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of amazing ones. A lot of them are going to die as well. Yeah, for sure. Because, but that's part of innovation, isn't it? And it'll be interesting seeing which ones work and so on and so forth. My goodness, we've got quite a few things that have popped in. So Matt is now the honorary third party on this. <laughs> when I release the podcast, I might have to actually credit Matt at this rate. Well done, Matt. They'll keep it coming. And Matt says, totally agree to utilize chat GPT for briefs questions on code recently tested this on stadium railing heights that's interesting and assisting with providing novel descriptions for portfolio even writing code for blender modeling steps wow i've tested it for css on my website and it does work so i do think it it can it, it has a few applications i wouldn't write a code for everything but it just gets you gets your juices going in the right direction which is the theme of this conversation is now i don't see it replacing the architect but it's a great tool in the arsenal but also like you said it's about your education and vocabulary and using the tools because if you're limited to this then it's only going to generate this whereas you have to start experimenting and that does take time as well and i think the last bit before we open it up i was going to say is i think it's an initial bit of work at the start like learning the ai platforms experimenting I think a lot of people I see I may just jump into it and then they go, oh, mid journey's not made my house or whatever. <laughs> so I'm just yeah, they type in off. like beautiful house in like London and yeah, they 4K. Expect... Yeah, exactly. 4K. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. Um... It's it's gonna take time, isn't it? It's gonna it's gonna take a lot of work. What I was gonna say. So we got one or two more points yet if you still got a bit of time if you tell me if you need to get yeah, you know, yeah. go a little I bit do. of time because i'm like i enjoy the tech and all the advice and stuff so that was a good shop in this for anyone going around 
But what are the opportunities then for people in architecture design to know to use AI? I touched upon using it for websites. You touched upon generating fair images and all those cool tools. But where do you see in the next six months to one year people using this stuff? Is it going to be like computational designers or BIM managers in practices? Or do you see it kind of everyone using it a little bit? Yeah, I think it takes some time until everyone starts to use it. But I would say for answering this question, I have a very interesting point because for the last few months that I have been putting my work on my Instagram and like on my website and everywhere, I got like loads of interesting messages from non-architects that they were offering like collab projects. And that was because for me that I really always like to have my hand on like multiple things, not only architecture. It's been really exciting because one of the things that architects really want to do is that how we can do other things than architecture. When they come out of university, they're like, how I can make money, not only from architecture, but like, how can I enter other kind of fields, creative fields? And how can I open new avenues for income and things like that? So AI has made it very easy. A lot of art directors or creative directors or fashion designers or other people in creative industry reach out to me to offer collaborations and think that we can collaborate on really exciting projects, which are really amazing because as an architect, because design, uh, you know how to think in a way that you're solving a problem in terms of yeah. tackling the brief. So you have that skill. The only bit that you're, makes you arch an architect is that you're only proposing buildings as a solution to everything that you know is referred to you. So if you just don't propose buildings to every brief and every problem and open yourself up to other avenues of working creatively in, in collaboration with other experts in, in other creative fields, uh, so suddenly you have opened a whole new world for yourself that you can be this creative person who has a powerful tool in its arsenal and be capable of designing very mind-blowing concepts for people who are looking for that specific skill in yeah. different industries. So I see a lot of potential for people in architecture, but like generally people who are good in design and who know how to design and to open up their kind of realm of practicing. And that, that really excites me a lot as well. Nice. I, I was going to ask about architects outside architecture, but you covered it there because it opens up a lot of doors, doesn't it? And I think that. One of the things that comes with this space, I think there's going to be a lot of innovation. We talked about a lot of highs. Maybe there's going to be a few mistakes made, but that's part of learning, isn't it? We're going to make mistakes. Things are going to come and go. The thing I wanted to touch upon, so is a little bit about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. And on that note, let's talk about your AI hub. Come on. So I was seeing this thing floated around and well, get your Instagram up briefly now while we're talking, but tell me about your AI hub. Yeah. So AI hub for people who don't know, it's a platform that I've been trying to bring into life with my co-founder Mo from a few months ago. And the idea was that 
when I first start, started to work with AI, I generally felt that I needed to be a part of a community of designers, of like serious mm. designers, because there's so many people who are just like enthusiasts in design and they just spend five minutes in AI to design something. But there are actually people who design with AI and take design seriously in AI. So I want to be part of a community of designers who take AI very seriously and use it in their work. So I wanted to be part of this community, but there wasn't a community anywhere. And I wanted to see the works of other people who take design seriously in, in AI as well. And, but I couldn't see it apart from like Instagram and people who I knew already. So I wanted to be exposed to more designers in this field. And I wanted to see like a Pinterest of AI stuff and AI designs and AI concepts and that are only for AI and is only for AI designers to be there and create things and share things and people who are interested in AI as well. So there wasn't such thing. We thought, me and co-founder, we thought, let's build it. So we started to build something that we called AI Hub. And AI Hub is going to be the place to explore concepts that were generated with AI. So it's like a curated portfolio of work by designers, very similar to how you see in websites like Behance or Pinterest, you would have an interface that is very easy and intuitive to work with. And you would see so many amazing concepts that people have uploaded, people either who were designers of the work or were enthusiasts and just like they wanted to share it with the world. Nice. Um, so that's the idea of AI Hub. We designed it and we have built it now, but we haven't released it yet. So we are going to do a private testing with an exclusive group of people who are in the design community or in architecture, as well as entrepreneurship, as well as tech, as well as people who we find value in terms of feedback for the first sort of iteration of the website. And then after that, we're going to have a kind of big event where we invite designers who work with AI and they're quite famous in, in the field to participate and talk about what they do and also invite people to present their work as well and invite designers to come from any different creative field to learn about the possibilities of AI and potentials in their particular field. And that's going to be the public release and we're going to release the product to, to wh whoever is interested to use it. And that's coming probably in April time. But we have a we have an Instagram page. It's called AIHop.ai for people who are interested. They can follow us and yeah, see if we have any events coming up or if you like to participate in our event for launching, we would be more than happy to see you there in the public release. Very cool. Yeah. Don't invite me. I'll end up crashing in. I don't have much. And actually, if you did look at my mid-journey, like what I've added, yeah, I don't know if you would have come here. You'd be like, Steve, this is amateur hour. <laughs> I think I started off as that person with that terrible line going, interesting building, <laughs> rain, London. But getting there, I'm learning. That's how you people. start. That's how you that's saw, it. but then that's, you developed that skill. 
It's like everything else, isn't it? And the fact is, there's a, there was this book, I read it years ago, and it talked about, I think it's by Malcolm Gladwell, about you go do 10,000 hours, be the expert in anything. At the time, I thought it was a really boring book, but I was quite young. And it's true, though. You've got to do 10,000 hours of any profession to be amazing. So think about how quick, how recent AI's been around. If people dabble with it, then they're going to learn. And the last thing before I open it up is that's why everyone calls it practicing architecture. you got architects still doing architecture until they're like blooming 70 years old, whatever. Like never fully retiring because it's always the next thing. You're always learning. And I think that AI and tech is going to be a similar thing. It's just started. But that's why I find it really exciting. However, what I like to do at this point, because we've done a good slog now and people have had a good few tips and we've had a nice conversation. Equally, though, I think it's good that you get to ask me any questions. And this could be about the architecture social. This could be about how I work with a lot of architecture practices on recruitment, on hiring, if that involves AI. What's your, is there anything you want to ask me? Yeah, I would ask you, would you change any of your processes if you were told that you could outsource it to AI, maybe? Or another Ins question is, Ins how are you thinking that AI is changing your recruitment business in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, good questions. AI is not going away. And I see it as a massive opportunity to save time. But also it's like, I've just started hiring people in the architecture social and some tasks when you give people and they're like a pain in the ass. It's going to be a pain in the ass. You know that when this person's going to do it, they're going to hate it. It's the kind of thing like in Excel, if you don't use a macro and you do something manually and you look at that person and you're like, what are you doing? Are you okay? Are you not, what, do you not want to just kill yourself? And I think that where I see the opportunity with AI is it's giving people the macro. It's like basically saying, let's just do all that rudimentary, awful, painful stuff. And let's concentrate on the good stuff. And I've heard all kinds of things like job boards are going to go out of business, all this stuff for ages with robots. And the reality is there'll always need to be someone involved in recruitment at some point because it's a human process. That being said, though, there's a lot of parts that, can opt that AI can help with controversially, like a covering letter. People wonder about writing a covering letter. I think covering letters in recruitment are the perfect things for you to use AI on. And that sounds sacrilege. If uh, probably a few architecture practices, which would be, would, which would be outraged by that sentiment. But if you think about what a covering letter is, okay, there's a few personalized nuggets in there, but by and large, it's this rudimentary document that's a supportive act. Cause the truth is. If the CV ain't good, you're probably not going to get the job and the portfolio has got to wow someone. But that covering letter is this pain in the ass part of, a, of looking for a job where you can just use that in chat GPT. But again, like the exact same theme that we've used in there. If someone says, write me a covering letter, it's going to give you a generic one. If you said, I am an architect who's passionate about this subject and I use Revit and I'm in London and I'm available on one month's notice and I'm looking for a salary of this and I, I've got no visa requirements and I'm really interested in the work of whatever practice. If you put that 
you it will probably generate an amazing framework which you then could use and then i would argue that's not the ai's covering that that's yours because you've directed it well so i i exactly like the same kind of themes that we talk about architecture i think it would be really useful and the last point that i will use is that yes I think it's very quick to think about like mid-journey is very visual, but actually architectural practices of businesses. And if you think of all the applications where AI can be used to optimize the business of architecture, I think that you could save a lot of time and money. And that's a really great thing. Why would you not use AI if you can optimize the process? So that's my thoughts another one because yes. it was a great answer i would ask you what do you think or have you come across any practices that are looking for specific people for roles that involve working with ai currently in architecture or Ooh. if not do you see in future that people will be looking for people practices will be looking for people who are capable of working with ai and do you think people who have those type of skills are going to be in demand or not? Yeah, yes. It's a complicated answer, though, and I'll base it on a reference point. So 10 years ago when I got into recruitment, and I'm a bit of a computer nerd, outed myself before we went live, talked about Alienware computers and so <laughs> on and so forth, right? I love all that stuff. And I was really passionate about the scene. And then when I got into recruitment, I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to be involved in computational design. And there were a few key people in that space, but it wasn't a particularly active area in terms of recruitment. There was a few key people and that was it. And I think now computational design is actually a role that we see advertised much more, but it's taken 10 years of me to get to that level. Equally though, and this is where I would say it gets really interesting. So I think Rasop is a really great example where in London, there's a specific meetup group for Grasshopper. And the reality is there's a reason why recruiters are not really involved in it because those who are passionate about it all meet each other every month. And then when someone's <laughs> looking for a job, they go, oh, I'm thinking of looking. Or if someone needs something for their team, the smart people, the smart hiring managers or whatever will be involved in that group and go, hey, Amir, I don't know, are you in between things at the moment? And you might go, oh, no, I'm all right. Or you might go, yeah, I'm looking. And, or you might go, I'm not looking, but my mate who's really got a grasshopper is. And so I think that the trick is being out there and being relevant. And I think the more engaged you are with communities like AI Hub or whatever, then job opportunities are gonna come to you and they're not gonna be advertised. So you're ahead of the curve and you create opportunities for yourself, which weren't even there. And I think that's a really good case study for how you should be, how you should think about your professional career. If you become an expert in an area, over time, you get known for that. And I think what I would say is even stuff like this, you're on this podcast now, you've created the AI hub and, I, and everyone can start doing these things, but we just have to start doing it. But when you start putting yourself out there, I think things come to you. People ask you questions. Maybe a job opportunity doesn't come straight away, but you're creating all these opportunities and it leads to great things. So that's a long answer to what you said, but I do see opportunities being there. 
but I don't see them being advertised on job boards or anything because I see these opportunities in these niche hubs of exciting activity. And I reckon there's probably like you mentioned, and there's key people in the space. If you're looking for someone to do work with you, you're going to instantly message 10 people. And I think that's the key thing. So there is opportunities there, but you've got to be involved in the space and you've got to participate and you've got to expose yourself a little bit, which is a little bit scary, but we're all learning. So hopefully that's useful. Insight. That was a great answer. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I hope people who are listening as well, they put themselves out there. If they have any particular skills that they think it's rare to find, you will definitely find like-minded people if you put yourself out there. Yes. And on that note, this is probably a nice way to wind it down. So we've gone through a lot at the moment. So I'm going to get the virtual round of applause. This is the perfect reason why people should participate in the AI hub when it comes out. So I know it's in alpha at the moment, but people can still get in touch with you, right? People can find out where you are. I'll bring up the links, but in your words, can you tell us how people reach out to you then at the moment? Yeah, sure. You can either follow my Instagram page. My handle is Amir Hossein Nuri with double S and O. And you can email me at hello at amirhosseinnuri.com. And I think, or you can, yeah, you can go on my YouTube channel and see my videos. And yeah, I think that's enough of different ways to me. Perfect. Brilliant. On that note, and Thank you. A shout out to the third person who is on this episode, which is Matt <laughs> Hernandez. I love participating. I love when people add comments and questions to the live stream. Thank you so much, Matt. And Matt endorses what I said. So don't just take my word for it. Take Matt's as well. But Another round note, of applause for Matt. Yes. Because he's been amazing here. That is a good, that is a good point. So Amir, you've been a gentleman as well. And thank you so much. So I'm going to end the live stream in one second, but do check out Amir's work. I think it's amazing. Do follow the AI hub. I will sign up as well. I won't be the best person, but I'll mess around. I like to play around with these things and let us, let me know what your thoughts are on AI as well. We've got a few more episodes coming up, but this was a good one. Enjoy the rest of your evening. There'll be more content coming soon and play around with that AI. And if you mess up, who cares? Because that's the whole fun of it. And maybe one day when the robots replace us and we're all in the nursing home or we're playing World of Warcraft 4D or whatever the heck, we've got a good story to tell. But until then, I don't think the robots have replaced us. And use a few of those AI tools so that you're not doing the most mundane stuff. You're doing the exciting bit. Let the AI do the crap, excuse my language, I should have got my button out. Let the AI do the all the things you don't want to do. All right, I'm going to end the live stream now. Thank you so much, Amir. Stay on the stage, and thank you for in the audience for being here. See you soon. Take care. Bye.